listening to season 3 episode 14. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Shop. I am Therese and I am your host. I run a business called Small Business Collaborative where I help business owners start and grow their wholesale. This episode is quite a long one so I am going to do a quick introduction and then we're going to get straight into the episode. I am speaking with Sarah, who's the owner and founder of Pencil Me In, a stationery shop in Scotland. Sarah shares so many practical tips for you, so I almost feel like you want to have your notebook out when you listen to this episode. I think it's really, really important to not forget to promote your business and your products. I think in our talk one thing that came up was the fact that Sarah had until earlier in the week we recorded this last week she had not started ordering Father's Day cards even though normally those would pretty much be on the shelves by now had her shop been open and I think that is a reflection on how we are as suppliers almost taking a step back from selling so if you do any Father's Day related items if you haven't done so already make sure you get in touch with your stockist and tell them about your father's day edits because i think that people will still be looking i'm not talking about going in for a hard sell but simply helping your retailers to easily find out who of their suppliers have father's day cards or items for sale and telling them that they are available maybe being a bit flexible with your minimum order on those items so if they only need to add a few father's day items they can do so easily and um, you will hear more about this in the episode but i thought it'd be worth pointing out but let's head straight into my talk with sarah Hello, Sarah. Welcome on Let's Talk Shop. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Therese. Thanks for having me. It's great, great to have a chat. would love to hear what you do and tell, tell me a little bit more about you and your business. Sure. So I own Pencil Me In. So we're a design-led stationery and card shop. Um, we sell in-store uh, usually and online as well. Um, and we do a lot of personalisation of pens, pencils, notebooks and cards. So that's probably what we're kind of known for locally. We're based in Elgin, which is halfway between Inverness and Aberdeen in the northeast uh, of Scotland. And we also are kind of the home of the My Shop Life Instagram challenge as well. That was with the, oh. we, we were supposed to run that in April, but we've postponed it till uh, later in the year for when shops are actually open again. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, it's good. It's been super fun. So I'm looking forward to running it again later in the year. Hopefully we'll be able to open soon <laughs> but who knows who knows so why did you start the shop and, and when did you start it and um, we opened in 2014 actually in Manchester or just on the Manchester Salford border I was still working um full-time at the time but I knew that um, I'd been self-employed before and I knew that I wanted to kind of have my own business again and the job that I was in I was working in finance and I was just getting a bit miserable so it kind of gave me the kick up the bum to start looking for a premises and that sort of thing so we opened kind of on a part-time basis so I had an employee that did three days a week and then I did the weekends so that was for about 18 months and then we relocated to uh, where we are now uh, so we opened here 
in June 2016. So we're just coming up for our fourth birthday in Elgin, which might coincide with the day that we reopen <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> we'll see how that pans out. And why stationery? Why stationery? Well, like a lot of people, I'm just a massive stationery addict. Always had a collection of notebooks. I'm just looking around my office. I've probably got about eight around me at the moment. <laughs> Um, yeah um you know love a good pencil love a good pen my collection is endless and also I guess I've always been really quite passionate about finding really good cards for someone so like in my old job I was responsible for if it was someone's birthday like going out and choosing a really great card and I always put a lot of kind of thought into it and always like to find something a little bit different so when we buy cards for the shop that's always what I've got in mind and certainly that's the feedback that we get from our customers in store as well, is that they really like our collection of cards because it's a little bit different. That's great. It's, it's, it's nice when you don't, when you find something you actually like. Yeah. <laughs> when you come to buying a card, I think something different. It's so nice. And there's so many lovely card companies now. Oh, it's, it just gets harder and harder to choose, actually. Um, you know, when we go to the trade shows, um, we get a lot of submissions as well. And it is becoming more and more difficult to <laughs> to choose. And it can be quite over. I find that when I go to Top Drawer in January, I find it really overwhelming. Because quite often our current suppliers will be there with new collections. And they are always amazing collections. And then there'll be lots of like new people that we'd love to bring on as well. And you know, there's only so much money to go around. So it can be a tough decision. Absolutely. Like... You, and you kind of have to see where you have gaps and all that. I mean, luckily, cards generally sell quite fast, right? So so it's a little bit easier than something that will sit for a long time, I suppose. You can try more. Yeah, stuff. and our, our local customers are really sort of receptive to new collections. So quite often we'll try and group. I mean, we've got our cards split by occasion, but if you, we'll try and keep all the birthday ones by the designer together. So they can kind of see the new collection and quite often they can, there'll be, usually there'll be two or three designs that will just sell out straight away, um, which is really good. And obviously we try and feed that back to the designer so they know kind of what's sold really well. There's a particular card that springs to mind in this collection of uh, Katie Housley has one where it's like a disco bear. And it's like a, uh -huh. a bear with like some sparkly pants. And the first time we got that, oh. I don't think it was even two days when it was gone. So we, oh, wow. we always sell, we get extra of that one, but it still sells out just as fast. So yeah, it's good. And you know, our, we share a lot on social media and that sort of thing. So our customers can get quite invested and excited um, when we've got new stuff coming in as well, which is nice. It's lovely. And, and how has business been now when you can only be online? Yeah, so we kind of foresaw um, at the end of February that we would probably have to close for a period. So I have one employee, Claire, that works uh, four days a week with me at the shop. I actually only work three days a week physically uh, in the shop. Uh, the rest yeah. of the time I am mothering. And we could see that we were probably going to have to close. So we started to load all of our cards online. So we've always sold a few cards online, but we yeah. it would be best to move to put the whole collection on. So we haven't quite got everything on, but almost everything. It's a big task, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, it has been something that we've been toying with. So we use Shopify as a platform and we use the Shopify point of sale in store. So oh, okay. usually so it's all synced together. Yeah, so it's one inventory. And of course, if that means if a customer is with you in store, you have to find that exact design. Yeah, We don't have a barcode scanner, we're not that fancy. And so that can add on extra time. At, at the checkouts that's why we've never really gone all in 
that yeah. we can see now that we're going to be selling many more cards online probably for the next 12 months and we do offer usually offer click and collect as well so we think that will definitely be something that we will be promoting more once we're reopened so customers can basically do their browsing online and then just pop in and literally are just taking a bag so there's much less you know connection yeah when they're in store yeah so because of that we've been able to promote what what is online and, and for april we did between about 40 and 50 percent of our normal trade um online oh that's good though isn't it we usually do 10 to 15 so it has pushed we've also been able to attract quite a lot of people for the first time shopify is quite good because it tells you like if this person's ordered before like what they've ordered before so it's been interesting to see with lots of new customers coming through like locally and um, further afield for our online platform which has really been really good and i have been able to order in pieces like new stationery pieces and new card collections as well so we've been particularly looking for birthday cards and then cards that are kind of blank or can be you know nice sentiments that can be used for lots of different kind of occasions because of course weddings now aren't really happening (laughs) house moves aren't really happening we will also miss out so in scotland scottish schools finish at the end of june so we would usually actually do a lot of trade in the teacher market. So teacher cards yeah. and teacher cards. So we've kind of lost that side of the market as well. So we've just focused on the occasions that are still happening. So birthdays, anniversaries, and just people wanting to stay in touch with other people. And new babies, of course, they're still being born. Can't stop that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting because usually before, and of course, sympathy cards is also, that's always a consistent line of business. But of course, at the moment, maybe a little bit more so. Yeah, and I guess Father's Day will come. Yeah, so we're just... Either way. Yeah, Father's Day has caught me out a little bit. So we've already got some stock, but I suddenly realised that I, probably, I definitely don't have enough. And I would have... I saw your message on stories <laughs> the other day. <laughs> and usually it would be out in store. Um, Did you get lots of submissions from that? Yeah, so a few of our designers have been in touch with what they've got. And and I suppose we'll probably cover this in more, but it's just the flexibility. Like I'm probably only going to want to order, you know, however many Father's Day designs they've got, which might just be two, which might be six, you know, that that sort of thing, because yeah. that's all I need right now. Yeah, um, so minimum order is difficult. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, we had contact from some of our suppliers that we work with and they have, you know, basically said, don't worry about the minimum order. You know, it's the mm-hmm. cards we can supply. And I think that's been a really good move by a number of people that have been in touch because that's what we need right now. I mean, some people we've yeah. actually, we're still hitting a minimum order with. We have brought in four orders of cards, I guess, since um, since we closed. So we are. That must there. feel great, though. Yeah, no, it's to good. be able to do that. Yeah, no, it's really good. And then on the stationery side, we're trying to bring in new stuff that either we haven't had in for a really long time that we know is popular, or yeah, you know, brand new stuff that our customers haven't seen before, because from new suppliers or from existing suppliers. So far, just from existing. So on the stationery side, we're talking about like kind of scissors and staplers and that sort of thing. So they're coming from, I guess, bigger companies. Because I know that mm. our smaller, smaller sort of individual designers aren't going to design a pair of scissors for you. Um, mm. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so we were trying out a few new pieces that we saw at Top Drawer that we knew weren't coming out to the end of March. So they've sold all sold really well. And then our custom pencils have been really popular. So we've been I've been printing up quite a lot of pencils, which I'm totally not used to. Claire, my employee, usually does a lot of the pencil printing. She's an absolute wizard. <laughs> so I've totally got back into it. And we've been really lucky. So one of our business goals this year was for wholesale because um, yeah. we sell a lot of our pens and pencils to other shops yeah. and other businesses and we were supposed to be exhibiting at the stationery show at the end of April so we won a place in that show which of course that's all being put back to September so I kind of thought you know no one's going to be buying wholesale during this time but we've actually picked up three new customers oh wow how did that come about have they approached you yeah, or they've all um they've all approached us which has been amazing so the first one which you'll know of is um so holly tucker's store holly and co in Rich- yeah. richmond she's in their buyer sarah she follows us on instagram so she got in touch um so they placed sort of initial large order and then did a wee top-up order which is great and then a guy <laughs> who owns a company now if you google this i do warn you that you'll be stuck with the ads all over your social media called text a potato so text a potato so (laughs) they basically send out potatoes with a message on like they've written on in sharpie they were on what i know i know (laughs) they were on dragon's den and then they sell other things like other gifts but a lot of it's really rude um so he wanted colored pencils we do a lot of colored pencils so he had very very rude things on these pencils so we did an initial order for him um, and then he came back and made um, a much bigger order which is great I will definitely google him <laughs> yeah I will just warn you that yeah once you've been on their website you're hit with all the ads for ages after um, so yes I might go incognito <laughs> <laughs> so he um, he found us on Etsy so we sell our pencils just our pencils through Etsy and and then we obviously we didn't do the, the deal through Etsy because it was wholesale. So he was, I think he kind of mentioned that he was looking to use a British company. So I think he might have been using a different company for originally for, for his pencils. So that's yeah. good because then both of, both of those are going to probably lead to more business. Yeah. The last one is not a shop. It's just a business that uses them, I think, as part of workshops or their welcome packs and that sort of thing. And they're based in Wales. So we just completed their order a couple of days ago. So it's been great. And I'm very lucky that I've had enough pencil stock. But that's one of my jobs for this week is to order more pencils. We usually get them from the States. Um, and obviously, yeah. they're still posting but it's going to take a while so we're actually in discussions with one of the uk pencil companies about whether we can try and change to be using them on a more regular basis although i know that the price point is going to change it will be more expensive so yeah i'm busy well that sounds great and and it's wholesale you know did you have lots of stockists before that or, or is a, this kind of we've got about 15 stockists at the moment uh, that like, kind of sell on and then there's a couple of other businesses that we do a little bit of work with that just use it as sort of promotional yeah. bits and bobs or for conferences and that sort of thing one of our biggest customers has been like the Yorkshire Sculpture Park yeah lovely place yeah amazing I went I got to visit um a couple of years ago and really nice vibe um really really good place excellent chips in the cafe as well and um <laughs> but yeah so it's it is good and wholesale is something that we're trying to increase as well as our one of the things we watched increase this year was online sales to basically cover that time when footfall isn't that great. Like there's only so much you can do to bring people to your 
to your shop yeah um, so we were sort of beavering away on those two other avenues this year to help basically you know help your turnover when you can't get people through the door I guess yeah I think that sounds great and I guess in a way you're achieving both those things now <laughs> I know ironic isn't it um <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm trying to look at the customer behavior off the back of when we're using social media because that's obviously our main marketing tool and then I need to figure out how we can maintain that momentum for when we reopen yeah um, and to keep those um online sales like one thing i don't have is um like an email list um, oh so that's maybe something to do yeah so when gdpr was ramping up um in 2018 i was um just about to go on maternity leave so i had enough to do so um i just deleted our mailchimp account i hadn't used it and i didn't have enough information to back up where I'd got those people's information because obviously you just kind of randomly collect it but before so I was just like I'll need to start from scratch on that at some point so yeah so that is something we probably need. but Shopify has a good way of it collecting does, yeah. email it addresses does. doesn't it yeah it does yeah so yeah but I'm, I must admit I'm pretty rubbish at doing the newsletter side of things well at least start collecting a list and... some sort of some sort of backup yeah it's good to have i think i think email marketing really does work so yeah with your wholesale then do you do a lot of outreach in general or did you have a plan of doing outreach yeah so we started to look so september uh, last year for us was very very quiet in store so claire and i designed a sort of submission box obviously we get a lot of submissions to us so we know what we like and what would make us you know take it seriously or go through it so we made up a submissions box where there would be two pencils and a pen and what else we put in some haribo and some you know like an information leaflet with kind of the services that we offer i think there was a a few other things in there so we made that up and we've got some really nice branded tissue paper. So it was all kind of wrapped in that, ready to go. So we managed to do, managed to get all that together. And I think we sent out like five or six and we were sending them out, first of all, to shops that we had a connection with. Because obviously when we, we run yeah. the Shop Life Instagram challenge and I also run a Facebook group of shopkeepers where there's, a, I think it's about 175 of us in there. Um, so I had a good yeah. network of people that I knew might be interested or at least knew me. So that when they were arriving, People were then posting them on Instagram, which was quite cool. So we maybe got five or six out at the beginning of October. And then we actually got really busy <laughs> and then just had because <laughs> we didn't have enough time to kind of be doing that. And then we were into Christmas, etc. Yeah. But then we were going to go back to that January. And that's kind of what we've just been trying to beaver away on, I guess, in the background. And we've, what we have have done is we've bought a big map of the UK and we've, we've got yeah. we've got a good workshop in the back of our shop. So we've put this big map up and then we've got pins on the map where all our stockers are and then the name of the stock. Oh lovely. I love that. I just I think it's so much it's so satisfying to do. Yeah. And just so we've got you know, it's in our face every day when you're at the shop, you can see it, you know what your focus is and that sort of thing. And so none of our stockers are too close together. But the the good thing about the pens and pencils is the shops are usually choosing their own phrases, you know, things that Yeah, so they are unique. Yeah. So it's not quite as essential for doesn't matter if you had stockists in nearby towns because they would have different things on their pencils i guess yeah from a buying perspective what do you like when brands submit things to you what what really helps you make kind of win you over a lot of the submissions we get are usually for cards 
and maybe they'll do a little bit of stationery with it as well and I think the most important thing with cards is um, I won't I've made the mistake in the past of buying something without actually seeing a sample that was a mistake so I wouldn't buy buy any cards uh, had I not felt and seen a, a sample of what it looks like so I think if you are in the card business then it is really essential to send one or two samples of what that look like and sometimes you know it means we can we could put your sample on the shelf and then we can observe if any customers have looked at it how it sits with our other designs yeah and if someone picks it up and buys it straight away then you know you're kind of you know that's something that's of interest i think you know one of the one of the best samples um submission packs we got through was from emma at hunter paper co so she does all of her own letterpress and hot foiling yeah and her cards are beautiful they sell excellent for us but when it with her card she'd actually made a special card design of a little kind of shop on the front and it said oh what a lovely shop you have and designed that specifically to send out to stockists so you could see exactly what the print quality was like she was complimenting you which is obviously a win yeah she'd handwritten a message inside so she'd taken time to find out what my name was you know why she wanted to be stocked with us and yeah included pricing and, and that sort of thing and and we did buy um her cards off the back of that before she got dead famous with trade shows <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah just i think sometimes submissions we get sometimes there'll be like this massive letter inside and it doesn't need sometimes it's a bit overkill like we just want to yeah. see the product know how much it is and quite odd for us now we are looking for quite a big range of occasions because quite i find some people are quite are very narrow occasion range and i don't just want to buy birthdays like if i'm making an order i want be able to cover quite a few elements and I think I see a lot especially at the I do the what do you call it at top drawer the paper pitching yeah I'm um, at top drawer so the, I do that with a couple of other buyers and I've seen more and more and more coming through where people aren't putting any occasions they're doing lots of illustration or design but none of them say happy birthday or congratulations and they think that's a good thing because it means their cards can be used for lots of different occasions yeah but when you've got the customer in your shop they want it to say happy birthday congratulations good luck whatever i just know myself when i go to shop i look for those little signs you know like birthdays anniversaries and i go to that section so it has to be customers want the card to almost say the message on their behalf a lot of customers do not everyone so you do need a a range of occasions and there'll be some bigger card shops that have space for lots and lots and lots of cards that maybe don't need as many and they could handle a lot more blank um on on the front and that's fine but that's not like in in a smaller shop with smaller space for cards that's not going to work well that's a good tip i think because I think it's hard when you're sitting there designing your cards and you don't, you know, you want, you you can't maybe afford to print loads of designs. Mm -hmm. So you have to narrow it down. And what do you focus on? Do you think then it's best to focus on when you start out, like on the major occasions that does happen every year, no matter what? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, the things that always go on is, you know, no matter what, even within a pandemic is, is life and death. And what I find is massively missing from the ranges that we see, and I'm always going on about it, is um, sympathy cards. So you see a lot of thinking of you, but when someone dies, people want with sympathy written on it because 
they don't have the words to put inside so they need it's really hard on the outside yeah absolutely and i think i think um especially for the old older people that come in i suppose that's like 60 plus i guess (laughs) in a bracket but older customers that definitely do send sympathy cards they see thinking of you as something you would send when someone is ill or Uh... the husband of the person that is ill that the person has died they want with sympathy i never knew that but it makes total sense. That's what we've observed. Because, I mean, unfortunately, death is one of those things we don't know how to handle. So we don't know what to say. Yeah, and it's and your sympathy and thinking of you range cells all year round, no matter what. And we really struggle to get good, like a big range yeah. of, of cards because the people that we're working with are designers are usually between kind of 20 and 40. And death yeah. is not the first thing that they're thinking about, which I totally <laughs> understand. So yeah, that's a there's a big gap, and also retirement is a big gap in the market with the designers that we mainly work with. So it would be this is great because this is so practical and something that is quite easily rectified. I feel yeah, you know. our, we designers ask us for you know advice or gaps missing from the market, like um, Jade Fisher. So Jade and I have worked together for a really really long time. So we were her first shop, and she's awesome. Love her to bits, and. She was like, what's missing? What's missing? And I was like, I can't get any dr- pass your driving test cards. So she just designed me yeah. one pass your driving test card. And it sells really well. <laughs> and, there's lo- and there's loads of ones. There was one that um, Emma Hunter, I was saying to her, I think it was RSVP cards for weddings. So she went up with an RSVP card. So it's really good. I think it's really important to point out, you need to work with your stockist. And talk to them about what is needed. Because that really, I mean, that's like a privilege to be able to, you know, say, I mean, one. It's almost like, you know, when you ask your audience on Instagram, this color or this, then the customer is invested. It's the same when you speak to a stockist. They actually want a certain card and you make it. You already have a customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. And especially if we're suggesting it, then yeah, you're right. We will buy it. Yeah, and you will, if that's something you see the gap for, chances are because they will have similar stockists elsewhere in the country that they would want to too. Yeah. So will you, would you consider new suppliers during this time or do you think you will stick with the ones that you have? So it's a bit of a mix. Like part of me feels like I want to buy from our existing suppliers because I have a relationship with them right now and I want to make sure that they're still here on the other end of this. So, yeah. so there's that and then there's also wanting to bring new products to our customers to keep them engaged and to maintain the momentum so someone I've been meaning to bring in for a real long time is Mean Mail Vicky and I chat yes. all the time I would have thought that suited you to the team it does because we stock a lot of twin pines via Odeer which is obviously a similar yeah. ilk and they sell amazing so I know already know that they'll sell really well. But yeah, so Vicky's just set up a wholesale website. So she met yeah. me just the other day. She's like, oh, I've set up, I finally got my wholesale website. And I was like, great, send me, send me the details. I'm still waiting. But this is a bit of an in, an in joke between the two of us because she's been on maternity leave kind of a year yeah. after I was on maternity leave. So I know exactly what it's like trying to juggle, juggle the both. But yeah, so I'd really like to bring in that. And usually what can stop as specifically my shop and maybe other shops being able to invest in 
new people is it's pro forma so you need to have that cash you need to be in a good position with your cash so the times that we can bring in new people is january because we're sitting on christmas cash over the summer we tend to do a bit better because we usually get tourist trade and we have the day and teacher market so we usually do june july august are really positive for us so we can usually invest then and then november december obviously a bit more cash kicking about and sometimes we try and order in some early valentine's stuff that will go out as soon as christmas is finished yeah so they're good cash times for my business and might be the same for some other so with the new supplier then do you think if they said to you i think we are a great fit i really believe my products would do well for you how about if you tested it in a really small order and i give you 30 days would you go for it then yeah possibly yeah and but that's a massive risk for that supplier it is but if it's a smaller order i suppose um, it could be it's less risk for them Mm -hmm. if it's not very big yeah i think at the moment the way i'm trying to run things is as soon as I take delivery, I'm paying mm. for it because mm. I want to know exactly where I am cash-wise at the moment. Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm trying to run things in the business at the moment. Usually we would um, we try and pay independent designers a bit quicker, but bigger companies yeah. who might use their credit terms. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, so at the moment we're just trying to pay ASAP um, because I also know that there are a number of bigger companies that have basically turned around to card suppliers and said, oh, by the way, we're not going to pay you for 90 days. Oh, and we're probably going to pay you less. Most of the high street has done that. Yeah, which I think is absolutely disgusting. I, uh, most, I mean, like in nationals, obviously, gift shops and independents can be on the high street too, yeah. but, but most national chains has done that. Yeah, which is pretty horrific, in my opinion. Yeah, especially if you just put... I mean, cards is maybe fairly good in the sense where, you know, if you're a big card supplier you and you're supplying those places, you might have quite good margins in your cards. But, like, some product categories have very tight margins and they guys are just saying we're going to take X amount of discount on your invoice and we are adding an extra 90 days on top yeah. of the 30 or 60 days you are giving us. Some have even said we'll pay you when we open our stores again. I think some, like, in the... In our shopkeeper group, some of them said that on the on the week up to shops closing, supply some suppliers, like bigger suppliers, got in touch and said, if you pay your invoice today, we'll give you a discount. Now, that's different. But saying, yeah, that's different. We're not going to pay you. And when we do pay you, we'll give yeah. us a little discount. It's, I just hope that people remember who was good to them during these times. I hope so, too. I have definitely put a lot of places on my try to avoid shopping list mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because of the way they treat their suppliers. Yeah. I think it we we're in this together, we need to work together. So we have to show some flexibility. Where we can, I know that not everyone can, but I think having an open dialogue about it is much more productive than just sending out a blanket email from your chief financial officer and say this is what we're doing yeah no discussion they not look them not looking at that these you know no. ta- business run from someone's kitchen table mm-hmm. i think um i, I mean i could go on the, yeah. <laughs> the most Sorry. no it's fine the most important thing to me in in my business is that is is relationships and, and the connection that you have with people and one of that is mm. customers and like obviously i miss that 
a lot at the moment. And, yeah. and the other thing is with our suppliers. And the you know the most important thing to me is to, is to have a relationship. There's barely anyone that we stock that I have not met personally. Yeah. And, and have a relationship with and talk to on and off you know through social media or make an effort to make sure that we're going to the trade shows to see them because that's having that relationship with them is is so important and that that is what independent shops want they they want a relationship with the people they're working with yeah absolutely and i think that's also how you like you said you know you need to def- father's day kind of caught you by surprise (laughs) that's probably because normally most suppliers would have been in touch but some people are maybe feeling i mean they could be short-staffed or they're feeling overwhelmed or they you know feeling a little bit like they don't want to chase their supply uh, stockist either some of them maybe some of them will have to furloughed themselves and i totally yeah and therefore now cannot cannot work during this period which is yeah mental but that's just the the way that it's all sort of come about. But yeah, yeah, it's a total mix for everyone. And I know that like in the shopkeeper group that we run, everyone is really up and down. I like feeling mm. it's like some days, yeah, I could get all this extra stuff down. And other days just having a small mental breakdown about what the future might hold. Some of us have ordered screens for the shop and other, other of us are just completely in denial that we're going to have to do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really, you know, this is a time that none, none of us have lived through before and no one really knows how to feel or act. So you just kind of have to go with it on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. It's, it's such a strange time. Are you going to be buying into any, like, you know, trends? Are you looking for anything in particular in regards to that? I, I mean, I say trends loosely <laughs> as in, you know <laughs> you know like how rainbows are super oh, popular yeah, yeah. or you know that i've seen quite a few cars popping up that are specific to covid19 so i'm not i sometimes think that i'm not very good with trends um so i have seen a few card designers reach out and had designed some really good cards for lockdown and i must admit it kind of feels like a bit mm, yeah i see some funny ones yeah. so sarah stormy night had done some Vicky, no, not Vicky, Nikki from <laughs> Higher Pal, who we stocked, did some really good ones. She's been doing a great trade off her own website. And a couple of, and, and like we, because we, we have a digital foiler. So yeah. I did a really basic, like, happy isolation birthday and a happy lockdown anniversary. So we've sold quite a few of them, you know, just really simple typographic ones. So it's good to see, you know, people adjusting and getting on that bandwagon and actually and jade fisher did an excellent like nhs nurse card which i'm sure lots of people have seen so it's really good to see people reacting and using their creativity you know in this in this situation trend wise yeah i say i don't really know if i i must kind of follow some trends but i'm sometimes not always a massively aware i'm not very much a rainbow person i'm really i'm really sorry but i don't even have a rainbow like on the window or anything um <laughs> um you can't no one really walks past our house think i mean we're on like the main main road sort of thing so i put one out and embarrassingly someone had stopped and said to my husband your your daughter made a really good rainbow <laughs> and he went like yeah <laughs> There was a lot of assumptions to that compliment, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone down the rainbow road. 
um, I'm not really into gender specific things. Yeah. And I'm not into glitter. And I'm not really into pink, but pink is a bit of a trend at the moment. So we, we still sell some pink things, but yeah. with a design led edge. So yeah, so no. Well, I love your neon pink pens. Oh, yeah. And stuff. Yeah, they're cool. But that's not so girly pink, is no. it? They could be for anyone. Yeah, it's like a hot pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but we actually just got in some pink stationery. We had scissors, stapler, and a pink notebook, and they all kind of went, and they've all sold out. So I was a bit like, oh. <laughs> so does that mean you kind of have to co- yeah. put your own preference aside from that one? Occasionally you do. Occasionally you do. <laughs> um, yeah, but we don't do too much. Like there's a lot of um, uh, female stationery, and that's not my bag at all. So we don't tend to go down um, that road. Yeah. It's probably the best way to describe it without insulting anyone. <laughs> no, but we all have our tastes, yeah. don't we? I, I think that that's absolutely fine. So, you know, and also the world, that word, it will mean different things, you know, to different people. A female notebook look different to different to all of us i suppose yeah so what do you think um, will happen for retail this year then what do you think it might look like oh it's a hard one i'm really i'm really not sure i kind of feel like when we reopen people will be open less hours i think the tricky thing is so a lot of people are now working from home and that has going to bring a revolution to the flexible working movement which i think is a positive thing but then on the flip side of that a lot of shops rely on lunchtime trade. So people coming out of their office, getting their lunch, getting a few bits and bobs, buying a card for someone. So you still need those people to be at work in order to yeah. sort of sustain that level of trade. And I wonder if by increasing the amount of people will be working from home, does that mean that online will you know, still go up? Or does it mean, yeah. hopefully mean that people will just shop on the days that they are at the office. So there's a little bit of concern, I guess, around that. There's also, you know, this whole thing's costing the UK quite a bit of money and there'll be some sort of either tax increase or something to try and reduce that. And again, we don't know what that's going to look like. And then unemployment's going to be incredibly high as well. So it's kind of like, don't really know... (laughs) we're about to go yeah it's tough on isn't it massive reset but at the same time though by christmas i think there'll be a huge bounce back like there will be a massive jump in recovery and that's been predicted by a number of people so that'll be kind of interesting to see how much it bounces back and how many jobs will reopen to bring unemployment down but i think i think the other thing that you've got to kind of put on the side of that is that the high street and shopping you know physical shopping wasn't in a great spot and I think there's a much bigger picture around local government and what they are what plan that they can come up with to bring people back into the towns but also like the high street in Elgin is a, a really good actually example of kind of typical towns around the UK so we have a section we have a pedestrianized section and we have a section that's non pedestrianized and the yeah. non pedestrianized section is still quite small units and they're all full i think actually we only maybe have one empty now which was william hill they just recently moved out and then you move up yeah. to the pedestrian section and that's where you would get your typically larger stores so elgin opened a retail park maybe 10 15 years ago so things like next and i think we had a new look 
So they moved out of the town centre to the retail park where there's free parking. And I think one of those units got refilled. I think like Costa moved into one of them, but the other one remained empty. So there's a few extra bigger units on the high street and then there's also a small shopping mall you've got a few empties in there and until local government realized that chains and bigger shops are now not they are not going to come back to the high street like before covid they weren't coming back and post-covid they're definitely not coming back because (laughs) chains are the ones that are probably in more financial distress than, than smaller independents so until they realise that they need to bring in different local laws or incentives, so for example, I think landlords should be forced to maintain their premises inside and out so that if someone was interested in coming into that unit, they didn't have to spend thousands upon thousands fixing before they could even move into it because that writes off a huge percentage of people that could be interested and also the much much bigger units so we have an old toy shop in elgin it was massive massive space and the guy's been trying to kind of sell it on and off and keeps pulling it from auction and stuff and it's just been sitting there getting more and more ugly and kind of derelict as as the years go by and it's just like well you know what we're going to do with it who's going to buy this it's massive and i think there needs to be some like better brainwaves come in to kind of deal with these larger spaces that are now defunct and no longer fit the retail landscape yeah and i've recently signed up to mary portis her newsletter that comes out yeah me too she's always bang on she's the only person kind of out there that i think she really does get this. Like this, I feel sometimes feel like there's no one else really getting the landscape, and I'm like, why aren't people listening to her? Like the people that need to listen, why aren't they? Listening? Yeah, I would say a lot of people do, but I don't think the right maybe people. the right people. Yeah. And I just, we need to see a significant change or guidance to our local councils to, mm. to change kind of how high streets and our town centres function. I wonder if it's enough to do it on a local level, right? Or if it has to come from further up, trickle down to local levels. Well, I suppose from further up, what they have done is they've created money available for mm. the high streets. So there was a few, a couple of million, I think, came to our area and then people could, and that was to kind of, a lot of that money was to look at the dead space above your shops. And I think yeah. a lot of people think that the answer to bringing life back to the high street is to make people live above shops. This, I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally sold on the idea, but it is a massive movement across the UK. They think that if you have if you turn all these dead spaces above shops into living accommodation, then that will somehow transform the high street. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so more people would be living there and then those people living there would use the services, but that's not that's not enough people to to change it. It's not very many. <laughs> no, it's not, right? And those people also need parking spaces and things. So even less places for the people that would come and visit to park which is a massive problem, I think. Yeah, well, parking is... Yeah, so, you know, if you move those people in to above the shops and then they have one or two cars... The the thing with parking, and and it's basically a dead argument where we are, is, you know, our local council is borderline bankrupt, so they cannot afford to alleviate any parking fees because they need every penny that they can get and and that's probably the case for a lot of local government local government and local councils so until that changes and that that's a you know a top down like the councils just need more money so they can do better things for their towns but i just i kind of feel like if 
something came from top down about how to run things it's just not going to work like across the UK and that's why I think it needs to be more of a local needs to be some sort of incentive for the councils to do it yeah but I I feel like it shouldn't the law shouldn't come from top down if that makes sense because they, they know yeah the and, and what it's going to be like so the funding has to come from there somewhere but but then the local has to do something about yeah it. mm. it's so tricky because like this is not like you know they they're gonna basically use this as an excuse now to not prioritize this because there's so many other things that needs to happen too we're quite lucky so we've got a we're elgin is a business improvement district or a a bid so there's a lot of uh, towns across the uk that have got that so they're doing what they can uh, to move things forward but they're not just looking after shops and they're not just looking after independent shops like they cover every business that is that has a premise um, in that area so there's a it's a real mix it's not just retail so that kind of pulls them in all different directions and I always like our bid only has two members of staff and like there's only so much they can do yeah. that's that's not a lot of manpower uh, yeah. and we've tried to do individually things for our street uh, and promote that and promote our neighbours and, and that sort of thing but I do think small towns almost need like a PR marketing masterclass. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe that is a, a, something that could happen. Mm-hmm. And like just but, yeah. TV, TV adverts. What do you think? If, uh, you know, as a shop owner and business owner, like, is there anything? Well, small business owner in general, or all of us small business owners, is, do you think that we could? What do you think we can do to help? I suppose. I think. Um, I don't know if you've seen. There's been a quite a big campaign called the Artist support pledge hashtag so during covid a lot of artists have been impacted by you know not having their sales have been impacted they're no longer in galleries or whatever or maybe they had an exhibition planned so a guy in the uk set it up where they were selling smaller original pieces up to the cost of 200 pounds so you were then able to perhaps buy a smaller painting from someone you really liked for up to 200 pounds and once a thousand pounds was spent with that artist they then pledged to spend two hundred pounds with another artist, so it was had a such oh. effect. So we bought we bought a piece a piece of art through it from an artist that we've been following for a really long time, which is great. But I think that's just the basics. So if I'm a small business owner, I should just be really conscious of how I spend my money with other businesses. Yeah. And I have been trying, um, kind of once a week from the small businesses that I follow to try and find something. So Gloucester's Pottery, I bought one of their cool, super cute new mugs that they brought out. I am from our local florist. I got a summer wreath for our front door. And um, my friend Lucy has a boutique in Cholton. I bought a headband. Just like not massive purchases, like all under £20. But it, yeah. then just trying to be a bit more conscious about where you shop. And, and like I know that not everyone can afford to then go to the butcher and the grocer and, and all that sort of stuff. And But as much as you can, that's what we should be doing as small businesses is not buying from Amazon. I think the only person I've seen make a sort of declaration that they won't buy off Amazon is Katie from Old Squirrel. And that's great because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have bought stuff from Amazon. I mainly only bought things from Amazon when I had a small child and needed things to arrive quite quickly. <laughs> um yeah. But but yeah, just trying to step away from that, I guess, and buy from people locally or other small businesses. And then when you, if you have a successful experience with them, review them on Google or Facebook or share and tag who they are on Instagram, you know, introduce them to your friends, promote them to your friends. There's an amazing family run business called the 
decorating center online yeah they are almost one of the only places at the moment selling paint before kind of being q reopened and they do a full color match service and they are a family business and they've been like super busy they've had to like change everything how they work so they can social distance put themselves on shifts and they've been amazing and i think the girl is called helen and she's really good on stories does lots of chatty fun stories and they're in the northeast of England. And so we were wanting to do some work around our gardens. We bought a load of paint from them. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to buy paint from B&Q ever again. I'm just going to use them because they're a small indie business. And their paint is way better than any paint I've ever used in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this is great. I've discovered so many more small businesses. Yeah, it is great. Our local um, gift shop, she sells uh, short paint. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's been super busy with paint projects i think yeah so that's great to hear you know it's just eye-opening which businesses have been able to serve us during this time and i just hope that people continue to support those businesses after this yeah and i have heard from the least unlikely friends that they won't be going back to tesco because they don't agree with how they've handled a few things and and all this sort of stuff Mm. so yeah it's been it's been interesting just to kind of see how attitudes have changed but I think the other thing is because this lockdown has actually gone on for so long that it's it's been long enough to instill new habits yeah even if it's just like exercise or you know the whole Joe Wicks thing my husband's done that every day (laughs) (laughs) well done him I have not managed to do it every day so yeah it's been a really good time to kind of form new habits and and do you know better things for yourself be that shopping or be exercise yeah absolutely and going back to the buying and selling what can your suppliers do to help you during this time have they apart from what we kind of briefly touched on in terms of minimum order what else can they do i made a few notes on this so some of our suppliers did um, reach out quite early on so i've stolen some of the things that they did so yeah there was removing of minimum orders um, so not minimum quantities that like you would still buy six of a card, um, but just being a bit more flexible about how much that person needs to order. Suppliers extended payment terms on new orders, so they went from 30 to 60 days, which is, I suppose, good if someone was if hadn't sold online. So what I've seen is, I was already online, we've extended what we do online, and I've seen a number of my shopkeeper friends are now trying out Facebook Shop, uh, or yeah. taking up Shopify because it's got a 90-day free trial now. And they're now exploring that online option because they can see that they need to put something online to kind of help yeah. their business when they get reopened again. Uh, adjusting shipping costs or doing a free shipping trial or just lowering that is, is always good, but I don't think it's essential. Promoting their stockists on social media, specifically those ones that are still trading online would be good. Yeah. Just in stories or doing a little... I think Alistair at Hole in My Pocket, he's been interviewing. He's been doing little interviews and he's been covering that on his grid. So Oh, I love that. That's been pretty good to read through. For any of your shops that are trading online like that father's day edit although we might be a bit late by the time this goes out but um <laughs> sending that father's day edit might be a good idea um and as yeah. the most important thing which is kind of while we were initially chatting anything is around images so with us moving to now putting all of our cards online we found yeah um, that a number of our suppliers they might have a retail website and it might have all the images of other cards on but it doesn't let me download that as a JPEG. So I can't then upload it onto my website. Like it comes up as some sort of weird web file. Or yeah. 
on the wholesale maybe they've got a wholesale website and it still doesn't let me download the images and that's quite frustrating because that would either means that I need to wait for the delivery to come in and then take a bunch of my own images which right now I'm incredibly time poor um, when I can yeah. to the shop and do that sort of thing so that's not ideal I have reached out to a couple of designers and said look I need images for this and they just sent me a Dropbox link back with the ones that I needed or, or some suppliers have just emailed us straight away and said, here's our Dropbox to all of our stock images. And that's kind of what we need. Because, yeah. as I've mentioned, we're putting more online and more shops are going online. So I think investing in some images of your work right now is is where I would be, if I was a supplier, where I'd be putting my money. Because that's what we're going to need. Absolutely. If you, if you can't take good images yourself, there's... Um... I think it's Holly Booth. You can send her stuff, and Yeshin, you Yeshin. can send yeah, him it's stuff. Yeshin as well. There's other people out there as well, but Holly and Yeshin. I'm sure. They jump to mind. And there's local photographers to you too. Like we have someone coming tomorrow to do like doorstep photography, and I know she also does product photography. So like there will be local photographers that doesn't have the regular wedding season. Well, that's the thing. So wedding photographers, I a few are my friends, and they have lost all of their work completely. And need some work. So if you don't have pictures, yeah. I would be tapping them up because you'd probably be able to absolutely, especially wedding photographers. They do like a lot of you know, like they photograph the shoes and the details, right? So they do a lot of styling. Holly does anyway. Yeah, and Holly's work specifically does a lot of accessories and styling with it. We don't even need that. We just need the card <laughs> or yeah, the yeah. envelope. But yeah, that's where if you're a card publisher or even stationery you know is getting good images of your products right now because that's what a lot of shops are going to need going forward and that isn't just for right now during covid but essentially for the next 12 months what we're trying to serve you yeah i mean it serves you for every aspect of your business for social media for your wholesale catalog for your you know retail website or etsy or whatever wherever you sell alongside your wholesale yeah it serves you in all aspect of your business we are yeah, no, I completely agree. We've, I mean, I've written a new flow of um, like a guideline workflow of how we'll now work. So at the point of ordering, that's where we need to obtain our images. And between ordering and them arriving, we'll be uploading them online, ready to go live. Um, and I can yeah. send it over to Claire to review because we need to be smarter about how we're going to sell our cards going forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, over the last few years, I've had you know, when I've been at trade shows, that that has been one of the qualifying questions when when people have come to this, whatever stand I've been working on sometimes, where they've said, oh, do you have images of all your products that we can have access to? So I, th- I think it's super important. Mm-hmm. So that's my key message at the moment. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. I mean, anything like this is great, isn't it? Because it's practical, it's actionable, you know, something we can control. I mean, we can't always afford photographers, but like, if you can't, then at least make sure you get images and make them as good as you can. Yeah, I mean, we have um, we bought a light box, yeah, which was about fifty pounds, and that's where we do like all of our flat lays and and basically take pictures of stuff if we can't get stock photography. But yeah, stock photography is usually better than our light box, and um, but it does, yeah. you know, it does the trick. It does, and it doesn't have to cost a lot if you, especially if you do cards or stationery. I mean. By at the very basic level, just like like you said, the card with envelope in the same angle, same size, same distance, all of them. 
so they're easy to use online. Yeah, and even and for those designers that do, you know, the design is all digital. Then all we need yeah. is the JPEG of the card design. Yeah, it doesn't need to be styled, and it doesn't need to have yeah. the envelope with it. It can just be the design. That would yeah, so even happen. easier, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great advice. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you have any other tips that you want to share? Or <sighs> just look at my notes, Trace. No, I think we've covered it all. It's been pretty good. Pretty good chat. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Before we finish this, would you share where people can? find you and shop from you sure so on instagram twitter and facebook we are at uh, pencil me and shop and you can shop with us at pencilmein.co.uk i do like a chatty story so come over and chat to me um on, on instagram and yeah or come visit us in in between inverness and aberdeen that's not far when we're allowed <laughs> yeah when we're allowed <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and taking so much time to talk to me. No, thanks. It's been good. It's been great. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. And thank you to all of you who are listening. I feel that there were so many good bits in this talk. I think one really good thing to think about is if you are supplying some shops, do ask them what kind of cards do they want? shop owners really know their customers they meet them they see them so and they chat with them so ask them what kind of cards are missing i think the driving license congratulation card is a perfect example of that so do ask them and if you end up making more sympathy cards or speaking to any of your stockists and coming up with an idea together on the back of this i would love to hear that it would be such a fun story to share and such a great thing to hear about too because I'm nosy like that. I really love the artist support pledge. I will definitely be looking that up and I am really trying to spend more of my money that I would spend otherwise anyway locally or independently. I am trying to buy less as I just am one of those people that have a lot of stuff. So the last couple of years I've been trying to buy less by buying smarter and more consciously. That doesn't mean that I'm in any way, shape or form or perfect. But if we all make an effort to be a little bit more conscious about how we spend our money i think that will serve our businesses and our communities really really well i would love to hear what tips you found helpful in this podcast let me know send me an email dm me i would love to hear from you and of course as always i would love to see where you are tuning in what are you up to right now? Tag me on Instagram at small underscore business underscore collaborative. And I will be back in a couple of days with another episode. And I hope that you have a really good time until then. That you're staying safe and healthy. And thank you so much for listening. <laughs>